Shalom to all! Today's daf is Gen Daf Mem Zayin, and we are starting Mem Vav Bay's near the bottom with the brand new Mishnah. And today's daf is sponsored Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarabas, Rabbi Yaakov Maisha, her Neshama should have an Aliyah, and Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yasef Yantav, and Rabbi Asher Anshul, his Neshama should have an Aliyah. And the Mishnah says, Hamechas Atzmai Vezban of Loevde Kachavim, someone who sells himself and his children to Gayim as slaves. We're not allowed to redeem him. We do redeem his children after their father dies. Now, the Gemara clarifies in which situation we're not allowed to redeem this fellow. Amravasi says, That's only when he sold himself once, twice, and even a third time to Gayim, so that we're not going to redeem this fellow from these Gayim anymore, because we say this guy's just regular to do this, and after redeeming him that third time, he lost all of his chances, we're not going to redeem him anymore. And now we have a story about this. Honey, Bnei Bey Mechsi, these people that lived in Bey Mechsi, the Yasfi Zuzim of the him, they borrowed money from Gayim, and they didn't have any money to pay back. Also, these Gayim came, and they collected these people as Avadim, as payment for their debt. So, also, these people of Bimachsi came to Rav Huna asking him to redeem them. Amrlu, he told them, What am I supposed to do for you? The Mishnah says, If a person sells himself and his children to Gayim, we can't redeem him. And it's considered like you sold yourself to Gayim, so I can't redeem you. So, Amrlu, Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba told Rav Huna, but didn't you teach me, Rabbi, that's only if he sold himself once, twice, and even a third time, so then we're not going to redeem him. But this seems to be the first time that this happened. So he told him, these people actually do this all the time, so therefore I'm not going to try to redeem them. And another story, he sold himself to Ludai. And what's Ludai? So Rashi tells us it's a nation that eats people, which means he sold himself to cannibals. This fellow came to Ami, so this fellow told her, please redeem me. Amrlesh of Ami told him, Tanan, the Mishnah says, If a person sells himself and his children to Gayim, we don't redeem him. But we really redeem the children because of Kilkal. What's the Kilkal? So we're afraid that if these children grow up amongst Gayim, they're going to learn from their ways and end up serving Abayi Zara. And so therefore, after the father dies, we'll redeem the children. Why Dafka after the father dies? Because when the father is still alive, he's going to make sure that they're not Avayi Zara. And Ravami continued, For sure, over here, they were dealing with death over here, because we're dealing with cannibals, so not only are we going to redeem the children, but we're also going to redeem you. Now, Amr Le'erabon 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 This fellow is Yisrael Momer. He's an Apikairas. He was seen eating Nevelas and Trevis. So we shouldn't redeem him. Amr Le'erabon Le'erabon told him, Maybe he was just eating Le'erabon. He likes Nevelas and Trevis. He had a real taiva, so he ate Nevelas and Trevis. But not because he was doing it dafka to be against Hashem. Only that would make him a Momer. But who says he's a Momer? Maybe he's just eating it because he likes it. Amr Le'erabon told him, No, that's not so. Because there were times that people saw that there was heter and iser in front of him, and Idafka did not eat the heter and he ate the iser. So clearly he was doing this to be against Hashem. So Amrlei Rabami told the fellow, Zil, go away. Like a Shavkili, they're not allowing me to redeem you, meaning you don't have a schus to be redeemed. And we continue talking about these cannibals. Rishlakish Zavin Rishlakish sold himself to these cannibals. He intended to wipe them out. And we're going to see how he did that. He took with him a bag and a ball. Now, this ball was either a ball of lead or it was a stone and it was hidden in the bag. Omar, he told himself, Gemiri, they have a tradition, on the last day of their victim's life, called by Minayu Avdilei. Whatever this fellow asks of him, they do for him. Why? So there should be a forgiveness for his blood. These cannibals figure to themselves that if they make their victim happy on the last day of his life, he's going to forgive them and it will be okay. According to another peer, this means that his blood is going to be sweetened and he's going to be more delicious to eat. Yemabasra, so the last day of his life, Amrulei, they told him, What's good for you, Rish Lakish? Amrulei told them, I want to tie you up 
up and sit you down. And to each one of you, I'm going to strike you one and a half strikes, meaning I'm going to give you one and a half punches. And they allowed this. So he tied them up and sat them down. Every single one of them, when he struck them, this first blow, his soul left. Now, what does this mean, his soul left? It doesn't mean he died. It just means he got really weak. He ground his teeth together. So I'm going to tell this cannibal, are you laughing at me? You still have by me a half of a strike because he said, I'm going to give you one and a half strikes. So I still get to strike you another half a time. And what did he do? He killed every single one of them and he left and came back home. Now a little bit more about Rehish Lakish. He would sit, eat, and drink every single day, meaning whatever money he made, he would spend on food and things like that. Amr Barte, so his daughter asked him, You don't need something to sleep on, meaning you don't want to save some of your money to buy some things for yourself, like a pillow or a mattress. So Amr told her, Beating my daughter, crazy curry, my stomach is my mattress. And Kinoch Nafshi, when Rishlakish died, he left over a kav of Myrika, which is saffron, which was something very basic and very cheap. In other words, he left nothing over for his family. And nonetheless, Karanafshi, he still said about himself, he quoted this pasuk that talks about foolish people that gather so much wealth during their life, but they end up dying and they leave their money, which is chelam, for other people. And he said this about himself, even though he left over so little. And moving on to brand new Mishnah. The Mishnah tells us, if someone sells his field to a non-Jew, and this is talking about selling a field in Eretz Yisrael to a non-Jew, he has to buy the Bikurim, the first fruits from this field, meaning from the guy who now is growing these fruits, and he has to bring them to face the Mikdash. Why? Because if the Chum didn't want people to get accustomed to selling land in Eretz Yisrael to Gaim, because we're not supposed to allow Gaim to settle Eretz Yisrael, so they made it challenging for him when he does so, and therefore they told him he has to buy these Bikurim back. And also this would encourage the Yid to just simply buy the land back from the guy. Now the Gemara has a discussion about Gaim owning land in Eretz Yisrael. Amar Rabbi Rabbi says, even though a guy does not own land in Eretz Yisrael to the extent that now produce growing in his land is Pater from Iser, Shnever, because the Pasuk says, Kili Haaretz, the land is mine, says Hashem. And what do we learn from here? Li Kedusha Haaretz, to me, is the Kedusha of the land, which means that if a person sells land in Eretz Yisrael to a guy, it still has Kedusha, and therefore produce growing there is Chayv and Miser. Avol, nonetheless, Yesh Kenyu Lavik Yisrael, a guy still could own land in Eretz Yisrael to the extent, Lach Rabbar Shechem Ma'ires, that he's allowed to dig pits, ditches, and caves in it. Shnever, because the Pasuk says, Hashemayim Shemayim. Hashem, the Shemaim is for Hashem, the Ha'aretz on Salavnei Adam, but the land was given to Bnei Adam, which means the guy does own the land to the extent that he could do whatever he wants in it. But again, whatever produce grows in it is still going to be Chayv and Meiser. However, Ablazar and Ablazar argues, and he says, even though a guy does own land in Eretz Yisrael to the extent that now produce growing here would be Pater from Meiser, because the Pasuk says, your grain is Chayv and Meiser, but not the grain of a non-Jew, but a guy does not own this land to the extent that he's allowed to dig pit stitches and caves in it and basically ruin the land. Shenemar, because the Pasuk says, Hashem ha'aretz, the land belongs to Hashem. And this machlex that we find all across Mishnah and Gemara, whether or not yesh kenyu la'evikachav in Baratz Yisrael, lafkiyam day meiser. Now the Gemara explains, what are they arguing about? So Meir Savar, the gancha v'loidagan avikachavim. Rebbe Lazar holds, when the Pasuk says, the gancha, your grain is chayv in meiser, that means your grain that you grow in Eretz Yisrael is chayv in meiser, but not grain that a guy grows in Eretz Yisrael. Holds that the word degancha is understood as diguncha, your processing of the grain is chayv in ma'aser, but not when a guy processes the grain. And we know that grain is only chayv in ma'aser once it's fully processed. This is called meruach, once the pile is smoothed out. And that's how rabbis understand this word degancha as in digun, meaning to make it into a pile. So if the guy was the one that processed the grain, then it's pater ma'aser. But the fact that it simply grew on the guy's land doesn't make it pater ma'aser. Now, Rabbi Rabbi said, 
How do I know that what I'm saying is true? They're not because we have a Mishnah. The Mishnah tells us Halakha Bashekha Peshal Ivakhavim Khayavim Maiser. Like a Chekham Peyav, a non Jew is Khaivin Maiser. Elam Kane Hifkir unless he was Mafkirit. Now we have to understand what this Mishnah is talking about. Hechidami, what's going on here? Elim, if you want to say to Yisrael that this field is owned by Yisrael and therefore the Lekha Chekham Peyav left in this field is a Yids, Vulakhtinu Ivakhavim, and the one that took this Lekha Chekham Peyav is a guy, and the Mishnah is telling us that this Lekha Chekham Peyav is only part of Maiser if the Yid was Mafkirit. Elam Kane Hifkir, the Gemara asks, how can you say this Lekha Chekham Peyav is only part of Maiser if the Yid was Mafkirit? Hamafkiri Vikaimi. It already stands as being Hefker. We know that Lekat Shechem Peel, which are parts of the field that have to be left over for poor people to gather, already considered Hefker. So, what does it mean the Yid has to be Mafkirit in order for it to be Pater from Iser? Elav, so must be, what's the Mishnah talking about? Davikachavim. This field belongs to a guy, and he decided that he's going to leave Lekat Shechem over. Flaktinu Yisrael, and a Yid took this Lekat Shechem And what do we learn from the Mishnah? Time of the Hefker. The only reason why this Lekat Shechem is Pater from Iser is because the guy was Mafkirit. Because since the guy doesn't have a Chiv to leave over Lekat Shechem this is just considered like regular grain, and the only way he would be putter from Maiser if he's actively mafkarit. But Halayhifkir, if he wasn't mafkarit, Chayiv, it's mashma, this grain would be Chayiv in Maiser, even though it was grown by a non Jew. So we see that non Jewish produce in Eretz Yisrael is Chayiv in Maiser. So my answer is like, that's not a Raya. La'olam to Yisrael. Really, this field belongs to a Yid, and it's his like a Chechem Peah. And a guy was the one that took his like a Chechem and now the guy is selling it to a Yid. And we're saying that that like a Chechem that's being purchased from this guy is Pater from Maiser. And that what you had said, what's the Chiddush over here? It already stands as being Hefker because the field belongs to a Yid, and of course he's Mafker like a Shechem Peah. We say it's not necessarily true because then he's Mafker that to Israel. Granted, the Yid was Mafkirit, al das that Yisrael is going to take it. But was the Yiddish owner of the land Mafkirit so that a guy could take it? Obviously not. And if a guy takes his like a Shechem Peah tries to sell it, it would be Chayv in Maiser unless the Yiddish owner of the land actively was mafkarit for him. Now the Gemara attempts to bring a raya for Abelazar. Tashma, Yisrael Shalakach Sadim Evekachavim, a Yid that bought a field from a non-Jew, he bought it before the grain that was planted in it grew a third. And then he went and sold the field back to the guy, after the grain growing here, Grew a third. Chayav is b'maiser. Everything here is chayav b'maiser. Why shekfarin is chayva? Because it was already chayav b'maiser. We know that only once produce grows to a third of its normal size is it going to be chayav b'maiser. And so over here, since the yid sold the field back to the guy once it had already grown a third, anything growing here is going to be chayav b'maiser. Now, what do we learn from here? Nis in, lo nis That it's only if the field was sold to the guy once the grain growing here was chayav b'maiser, so then it's chayav b'maiser. But if the field was sold back to the guy before it reached a third of its growth, it's mashma. Anything growing here would be putter from Meiser. That's clearly like Rebel Azar, that when a guy owns land in Eretz Yisrael, anything growing here is Pater from Meiser. The Gemara says, Lie, that's not a Raya. Hachamayaskin of Surya. Over here, we're talking about a field in Surya. Because Savar, and Stano holds, Kibush Yachid Lashme Kibush. That when an individual conquers a land, that's not considered conquering it. Now, this discussion of Kibush Yachid Lashme Kibush, or Yeshme Kibush, is also a discussion we find throughout Gemara. And this refers to Davra Melech, who went on a number of conquests annexing lands to Eretz Yisrael, one of those being Surya. So, does that land have a din of 100% Eretz Yisrael or not? So, according to this and Surya does not have a din of Eretz Yisrael, 100%, only partially, and anything grown on non-Jewish owned lands in Surya is putter completely from Iser, and that's what we're discussing over here. However, it's very possible that when non-Jew owns land in Eretz Yisrael, something growing there would be Chayv in Meiser. So the continues with another attempt to drive for Abelazar. Tashma, Yisrael v'avikacham shalak chusad b'shotfaz, a Yisrael and non-Jew, the bought a land in partnership. Rebbe holds that whatever grows here is a Mixture of Tevel and Chulin. Whereas Rashim Gamliel and Rashim Gamliel holds, shall I have Pater, whatever the guy receives from this land is Pater from my service, shall Israel Chayev, and whatever the Israel receives from his land is Chayev. And we explain this. Ad Kali Pligi El 
hold Demar Savar Yesh Breira, Umar Savar Ain Breira. The Homachak is over here is that Rabbi Gamaliel holds Yesh Breira and Rebbe holds Ain Breira. Now, the concept of Breira also comes up throughout Shas. Breira means retroactive clarification. And over here, the way we reply it is as follows. According to Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel, after everything grows in this field and the Yid and the guy make a 50 50 split, so we look at whatever the Yid has as if this was always his, and therefore that means that it grew with a Chiyuv to have Meister taken off of it. And whatever the guy ends up with, we view it as if it was always his, and that means that it grew with a Petur of Meister. But Rebbe says, Ain Breira, and that means that as this produce is growing, every single stock is jointly owned by the Yid and the guy, and therefore every single stock is partially Chayiv, partially Patur and Meister. And even though eventually they're going to make a 50-50 split, we don't look at what each one ends up with individually and say, oh, Hovra, Dovra, Mafreya, it's retroactively clarified that this was always his. And therefore, all this produce is considered to be a mix of Tevel and Chulin. Now that's our Machlekes, but the Gemara continues, both of them agree that a guy does own land in Eretz Yisrael to the extent that it's Pater for Meiser, because both Rebbe and Rosh Hashim agree that whatever does actually belong to the guy is Pater for Meiser. Clearly, we have Rai for Abelazar. The Gemara says, no, not Raya, Hachanami, Besurya. Over here also, we're talking about Surya. The Kassavra in this time holds Kibosh Yachid Leishmei Kibosh, that David Amel's conquest of Surya is not considered a real conquest to the extent that it's the next Eretz Yisrael 100%, and therefore Gaishli owned land in Surya is 100% Pater for Meiser, and that's why both Rebbe and Rosh Gamaliel agree that whatever is owned over here by the guy is Pater for Meiser. And we're still technically able to say that when a guy owns land in Eretz Yisrael, his produce would be Chayv in Meiser. And Amar Chibar Oven, he attempts to bring a ride from our Mishnah. Tashma, the Mishnah says, If a person sells his field in Eretz Yisrael to a guy, he has to buy the first fruits from the guy and bring them because of Tekan Oilam. Now, what do we learn from here? He only has to bring these Bikurim because of Tekan Oilam, but not because there's a Chi of Midai Raisa to bring them. And if you would say Ain Kenyan, then that means that the Yid only sold the physical land to the guy, but their spiritual part, the Kedusha, is still owned by the Yid. So he should have to buy the Bikurim from the guy, Midai Raisa, not just Mibnei Tekan Oilam. So it seems to be from our Mishnah, we have a Raya for Rabbah. So Amravashi answers that's not so. There was really two Takanas, meaning it was a two step process. Mekar originally, Havu Maisi Midai Raisa. Midai Raisa, when a Yid sells land to a guy in Eretz Yisrael, he did have to bring those Bikurim Midai Raisa. However, if he came to Chazu to come Mikru Mizavni, since the Chum saw that it would happen that Yidin would sell their land to Gaim in Eretz Yisrael, and they didn't have a problem with it, and why not? The Savar Big Dushayu Kaiman, because they figured to themselves, oh, the field still retains its Kedusha, so really there's no Isser to sell this land to the guy. So to Kinuluhu, therefore Chazal Ramatak and Deloylesu, that they should not bring those Bikurim from the guy's field in order to get them to realize that it's not so simple to sell land to Gaim in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore they tried to buy it back from them. However, Kim the Chazu, once they saw the Mandaloi Sagile, that someone who didn't have enough money, Mizban Vikamishtakan Biat Avikhavim, he would simply sell his land and now it would sink in the hands of the guy, which means it would just remain by the guy forever because the fellow wouldn't bother buying it back because he didn't have money, and he also wouldn't even be bringing the Bikurim. So, so the Chamim once again were Matakin, the people do have to bring Bikurim that grow in this land. And that's why Mesha is saying, this is already at stage two of the Takana, and this is because of Takana Ailam. And we continue discussing Bikurim, and now we're going to add on another point. When Bikurim are brought to the base of Mikdash, usually the person bring the Bikurim also has to be Kaire. He has to say certain Psukim. So the Gemara says, Itmar was stated, a person sold his field, but only for the Peres. Meaning Reuven sold his field to Shemin, but Shemin doesn't own the actual land, he owns whatever grows on the land. So Rabbi says, maybe the Kaire, Shemin is going to bring Bikurim from this land, and he's also going to say the Psukim. Whereas Shlakish Shlakish says, maybe the Ain Kaire, he's going to bring Bikurim, but he's not going to say the Psukim. Rabbi Yechon says that he brings the Bikurim and he says the Psukim. Why is that? Kenyan Peres Kikenya Guftami. Because owning the Peres to the land is like owning the land itself. And one of the Psukim of Mekra Bikurim is, Mireshes Priyu Adama Ashena Sato Li, from the first of the fruits of the land which you gave me. And Rabbi Yechon holds that it's considered like this fellow. 
Gonzalo owns the land itself, even though really he only owns the Paris, but Kenyan Paris is Kikinyan Agov, so he can say this Pasuk. Whereas Ashlakisham Ashlakish says, he brings Bikurim, but he's not gonna say the Psukim because Kenyan Paris love Kikinyan Agov Dami. Owning the fruit doesn't mean he owns the land, so he can't say this Pasuk as Adam Ashanasato Lee, because Shimon doesn't own land, he only owns fruits. And now Esau Rebbechan Ashlakish Rebbechan Ashlakish. The Pasuk tells us, Ulebe Secha. And this is part of the same Pasuk of Mikra Bikurim. The Pasuk tells us, You shall rejoice with all the good. That Hashem gave you and your household. Now, what do we learn from this Pasuk? Malami, this teaches us that a person brings Bikurim from his wife's field, Bikure, and he reads the Psukim. What does it mean, his wife's field? So, this is referring to Nechse Malug, a property that his wife brought into the marriage. She retains ownership of the property, but the husband gets to benefit from the fruit. So, the word Secha, which literally means your house, but very often refers to a person's wife, tells us that he would bring Bikurim from his wife's land and he would say the Psukim, even though he doesn't actually own the land. So, this is a question on you, Reish Lakish. Shani Hassan, that Pasuk is different. Because the Pasuk clearly says, And so here, the Pasuk is clearly telling us that if a person is bringing Bikurim that comes from his wife's property, he would say the Psukim. But in a different situation, if it's not his property, it's his friend's property, and he only gets to have the pay rise, so he wouldn't say the Psukim. Some say this went the other way around. The Pasuk tells us, Malamas teaches us, that a person brings the Bikurim from his wife's field, and he reads the Psukim. However, Hassam, it's only because there, who it says, so that's why he brings them from his wife's field. That implies in a different situation, if it's not his wife's field, it's somebody else's, he would not say the Psukim. So my reason is also from here, since it says, that teaches us that even though the person doesn't own the land, as long as they have the right to the pay rise, they're going to bring Bikurim and they're going to say the Psukim. Now the Gemara says, hey, so we have a question. A fellow is walking along the way, and he has the Bikurim from his wife's field with him. And he heard that his wife died. Maybe the Kaire, he's going to bring these Bikurim and say the Psukim. Now, what do we learn from here? Mesa in, Loi Mesa Loi. It's Mashma only if his wife died, and now that means that the field belongs to him, so then he's going to say the Psukim. But if his wife didn't die, and the field still belongs to her, it's Mashma, he would not say these Psukim. So Gemara says it's not true. Even if his wife did not die, he still would say these Psukim. Umesa Srikhale, the whole Chedish is that if his wife died, he's still going to say the Psukim. And what's the Chedish? I might have thought. That I should be guessing that he doesn't say the psukim because of Rabbi Yesi Bar Chanino says, Don't Rabbi Yesi Bar Chanino, Batran, let's say a person harvested his bikurim, Vishigran Biyad Shliach, and he sent them with a shliach, Umay Shliach Baderach, and the shliach that was bringing his bikurim died along the way. Maybe the owner himself brings the bikurim, but he does not say the psukim. Shinar because the Pasuk says, And you shall take and you shall bring. What do we learn from here? The taking of the bikurim and the bringing of the bikurim have to be done all at once with the same person. And this owner of the field who harvested his Bikurim, but then sent them to be taken by a Shliach, and only after the Shliach died, the owner took these Bikurim to the Beis Amitish himself. This doesn't fulfill, so he wouldn't say the Psukim. And I might say the same thing with this husband, whose wife died as he was along the way, because now the field changed ownership in the middle. Kamashmon, the Chiddush is that he would still say these Psukim. And the Gemara continues, V'azul tamayu, both Rebbechel and Shlakesh alashitasam. Ditmaru stated, Hamech sedeyu memchazam ralfa atap bizman sha yoyvel noyeg. If a person sells his field at the time where yoyvel is in effect. Now we know that when yoyvel is in effect, when a person sells their field, that field comes back to them Yevil time. So in essence, when Ruven sells his field to Shimon during a time when Yevil is Nayig, that's just like this previous case of Ruven selling his field to Shimon when Yevil is not Nayig, but he sells the field only for payrise. So Rabbi Yechanan Rabbi Yechan tells us, maybe the Kaire, Shimon who bought this field at a time that Yevil is Nayig, is going to bring Bikurim and say the Psukim. Rishalkisham Rishalkish says, maybe the Kaire, he's going to bring Bikurim, but he's not going to say the Psukim. Rabbi Yechanan Rabbi Yechan, Rabbi Yechan says he brings Bikurim and says the Psukim, can you pairs Kikina Guftami? Because owning the Paris is like he owns the land itself, so he could say, Whereas Rishalkisham 
Shalakar says, maybe if Eno Kairi, he's going to bring Bikurim, but not say the Pesukim, because Kenyan pairs love Kenyan Ogof Dami. Owning the fruit is not like Kenyan Ogof. Now the Gemara explains, Utsricha, we have to have both these Machlakas in between Rebbech and Rishlakesh, even though they seem to be talking about the same exact case as we had just explained before. Selling a field at the time that Yavel is Noyig is just like selling a field when Yavel is not Noyig, and he's selling a field only for payrise. So why do we have to have both of these cases? Because if we only had the Machlakas in the previous case, I might say, Bahi Ka'am Rishlakesh, it's only over there Rishlakesh holds that he brings Bikurim and he does not say the Psukim, the Chikanachas, because when the purchaser went into the field to work it, he only went with intention that he owns the payers because there was a very clear stipulation at the time of the sale that he's only buying it for payers purposes. But in this case, when the field is being sold during Yavel, he's going into the field with the Das that he owns the actual field, and he's only going to return it Yavel time. I might say, the Rishlakish would agree to Rabbi Yechanan that the buyer would bring Bikurim and say the Psukim. So that's why Rishlakish has to say that even in this case, the buyer is not going to say the Psukim. And Vietmar Baha, if we only had this case regarding Yaival, Bahakam Rabbi Yechanan, I might say that it's only in this case Rabbi Yechanan says that the purchaser of the field would have to bring Bikurim and say the Psukim. Aval Bahak, but in the other case, when the field was sold just for payrays, I might say that he agrees to Rishlakish, Tzricha. That's why I need to have both these cases to say that the Machlaikis is consistent in both of these situations. We're going to stop here for the day, but pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about this. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.